Okay, good evening, Rabbi Isai. Welcome back. Coming together, getting together for another wonderful roundup and wrap-up of a wonderful, amazing week that kind of went by also a little bit too quickly for us over here in Summerton. And uh, we're celebrating the end of an amazing week with a super amazing challenge. You know, um, every challenge has always got to be a careful balance and harmony of the Gashmis and the Ruchnias. And the Gashmis are there to, as a clee for the Ruchnias to come through. And when you have the challenge, you're, you're tasting always a combination of both. And, and there's a cloud Gadol, I was in the from Meyer Bame, that <clears throat> sometimes the Gashmis just get in the way. Sometimes the more Gashmias there is in the Chalm, the less the Ruchnis can get through, and you're tasting more Gashmias than Ruchnis. This week, the Chalm tastes so good, so Gishmak. We've never had a Chalm like this. This is a Chalm that's Kamar Kulay Ruchni, and it's only improved the taste. I mean, like the, uh, as we know. Okay, there was an unexpected pause in the recording, so I don't remember the last word that I said. But we were talking about, ah, this week's challenge is, they're not Kulay Ruchni, but. But, uh, you know, this are nine days challenge over here. It's the challenge, it's the meatless challenge. But, but Rabbi Isa, you taste the challenge that we have tonight here from Rabbi Aronson. And this is, uh, it's, it's everything that he usually makes with even more ruchnias. We don't have the meat in the way this week. We don't have the meat as a mechitza. We don't have the meat as a dover hachitza. It's something that's going to block the ruchnias from coming through. And, and the challenge is, 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 is as, as good as ever, better than ever. Thank you very much, Rabbi Aronson, for another... What? No, because you have a lot more ruchnis to come through the gashmi. So it's an excellent question, Menachem. I said it's a blend, it's a combination, it's a balance of both. Yeah, Menachem's asking a good question. But anyway, anyway, Yashakayach, Yashakayach to everyone for uh, joining us once again this evening. And let us, Rabbi Isai, get started. This is Devarim, Parshas Chazoin, Devarim, and. Our last Chalantan Chumash uh, before we have a break. Next time we're going to get together is going to be, uh, I guess, three weeks from now, four weeks from now. We're going to be having, uh, next week is Tisha B'Av, Thursday night. Uh, I'm sorry, might say Tisha B'Av, but we're not going to be having Sham Chalant next week. Might say Tisha B'Av. We're not going to be getting together for Chumash Chalant Mestama. Two weeks after that, we're not going to be having Chumash Chalant, but we will be getting back together when Elzman kicks back in again. And uh, yes, it's true. This is I'm announcing. This is our final final chumash and challenge of uh, of Summersman Tavshin Pei Gimel. It is tr- true that the last few weeks have also been a bit spotty. There have been um, different events, different simchas, different things that have been going on in Baruch Hashem. <laughs> but there have been quite a few Thursdays that were knocked out. Shivas of time is seventeenth. The time is also knocked out a fast day. Unfortunately, <laughs> that knocked out a fast day. I mean, that knocked that fast day also knocked out a chumash here. Um, but nevertheless, we have at least these close of getting together for the final one. So we can't have an introduction that's longer than this year. We better jump right into Parshas Devarim in our remaining time over here. So Parshas Devarim, Shabbos Chazoin, and <clears throat> Devarim begins with the following pasuk: Ela Hadevarim, Asher Diber Moshe El Kol Yisrael. These are the words that Moshe spoke to Gans Kla Yisrael. These are the words that Moshe spoke to Kla Yisrael. Be'ever Hayardin Bamidbar. In the middle of Okay, we want to focus on the first part of the Pasik. these are the words that Moshe spoke to Klai Yisrael. That first Pasik sets the tone for the entire book of Deuteronomy, the entire Sefer Devarim, 
is built and and um, an extension of that pasuk of that opening part of the pasuk. These are the words that Moshe spoke. And the Torah is making it quite clear that there's a difference and a distinction between the first four books of the Torah and the fifth book of the Torah. The first four books of the Torah is what? Divrei Hashem. It's Hashem speaking. Vayidaber Hashem, Vayimra Hashem, Bereshus Baralikim, it's the Rebbein Shalom speaking. It's Hashem speaking. The whole time it's Hashem speaking. <clears throat> From Devarim to the end of the Torah, it's Moshe speaking. It's quite clear. And, in fact, you go through the entire Sefer Devarim, we don't find anywhere a single Vaidabra Hashem, Vayimra Hashem, Vaidabra Hashem, Vayimra There isn't a single one in all of Devarim. It doesn't say anywhere Hashem spoke, Hashem spoke, Hashem spoke, because it's not Hashem speaking, it's Moshe speaking. It's Moshe speaking. And let's ask some questions over here. So we know it's understood and established that this is Moshe Rabbeinu speaking to Klai Yisrael, Moshe Rabbeinu addressing Klai Yisrael. That's what Devarim is all about. And that's in sharp contrast to the first four books of the Torah, where it's Hashem speaking. Question is, this is a chalik of Torah. This is part of Torah over here. This is, at the end of the day, still a part of Torah. It has the Kedusha of the rest of the Torah. We treat it one level above the rest of the Torah. Or, I'm sorry, the rest of Tanakh. Sefer Devarim is written in a Sefer Torah together with Breshmois Vekar and Bamidbar. It's given the Kedusha, the holiness, and the status in Halacha of Hamisha Chumshe Torah. And how could that be? How could that be if it's written by Moshe Rabbeinu? If it was spoken by Moshe Rabbeinu? To ask the question differently, how could the words of Moshe be words of, of, of God's Torah? There's what we speak. We try to say Torah. We start, try to say Kedushim. But what we say, it's not going to be written down in the Sefer Torah. If we would write our commentary in the Sefer Torah, it actually reduces it from its Kedusha. That's right? A Sefer Torah that has matters written in it, even if they're different Torah. If you take a, a Torah scroll and you, you commission a Sefer Torah and you say to a, to a Sefer, you know what? I want to have a Sefer Torah written and I want you to leave a column, an extra column in the end. I want you to write the Igeris Haramban. I want to save a Torah with the Igeris Haramban. I want to save a Torah with the Tfilas Hashla in the back. I want to save a Torah with even with Tikkun Klali. I want to save a Torah with with the the Tfilas you say by Kaver Yonis and Benoziel. I want you to put to put that in the end of the Sefer Torah for me. So if a Sefer would do that, if you would write a Sefer Torah and put something like that in the end of the Sefer Torah, it doesn't have the status of a Sefer Torah anymore. The rule in Halacha always is. That the kedusha is based on the lowest common kedusha. The lowest lowest kedusha present establishes the kedusha of that scroll. So if you have a, a scroll that has chamisha chumshetar plus neviim plus ksuvim, it only has the status of ksuvim, has the lowest status. Uh, for a sefer Torah to have status, the kedusha of sefer Torah has, can have only Torah and nothing but Torah, nothing but the five books of the Torah. One of those five books is Devarim. Sefer Devarim has the same status in kedusha of the first four books, and yet this one is being said by Moshe. It's being Composed by Moshe, it's Moshe's words, whereas the first four are Hashem's words. How can you have an entire book which is entirely Moshe's words, Moshe's 
eloquent words, yes, but still Moshe's words, <coughs> and give that the status of Torah Mamish. Let's ask the question differently. What's the difference between Chamisha Chumshay Torah and Nevi'im and Ksuvim? Chamisha Chumshay Torah we know is coming directly from the top. It's unadulterated, untampered, un- uninhibited, undiluted, unfiltered words of God Mamish. It's Hashem's words. And that's what gives it its status above Nevi'im and above Ksuvim. Nevi'im is the Navi interpreting Hashem's words, saying it, saying Nevi'im, but in, in his own Lushan, in his own, in his own way. So, say for Yeshua, is words of Torah, but Yeshua dik, with Yeshua spin, Yecheskel is Yecheskel dik, Shmuel is Shmuel dik, and not Hashem's words anymore, it's Hashem's Nevu'ah through, through, through Shmuel's interpretation. And Ksuvim is one level even below that, Ksuvim isn't even prophecy, Ksuvim is inspiration, it's words that are inspired, inspired by Ruach HaKadosh, by words that, 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 that are being said, not by a prophet, but by a holy person, who is being guided, inspired by divine guidance and divine inspiration. Chamisha Chum Sheitar, the highest madrega, means it's coming from the highest source. It's an unadulterated, unfiltered uh, revelation of Hashem's wisdom. How can the words of Moshe be in that league? How can the words of Moshe be in that caliber? How did Moshe's dialogue, Moshe's discourse, and Moshe's discussions make it into the Torah? How did that happen? How can that have the status of Torah? Let's leave this question on one side. Let's ask a second question on, on, on the other side. Um, we know that ultimately everything that was ever said and ever spoken in any base medrash from the beginning of time to the end of history is contained somewhere in the Torah and is to, can be traced back to some aspect of the Chamisha of, of, of the, of, of the five books of Moses. Pentateuch can be traced back to that, right? Everything ultimately stems from the Torah and is sourced in the Torah. And it's brought down, the Gemara says that everything that was going to be said, every Chiddush that was going to be proposed, every Halacha that was going to be that was going to be ruled upon was revealed to Moshe when Moshe went up to Har Sinai to receive the Torah. Everything was revealed to Moshe Rabbeinu. Even what a Talmud is going to say in front of his Rebbe in talking and learning, trying to hammer something out, all of that was revealed to Moshe. The Gemara also tells us something very interesting that, that Hashem showed Moshe these glimpses of every all the future eventual Torah that's going to be said, and it's all contained in the, in the Torah that Moshe brought down from Har Sinai. And it says over there, famous Gemara, that he was given a glimpse of Rabbi Kiva, you know, thousands of years hence, saying shir to his Talmidim. He saw Rabbi Kiva giving shir. And Rabbi Kiva said some complicated idea, and Moshe was, was listening in. And Moshe felt, felt um, crushed. He felt crushed. Moshe says, I don't understand, I don't know what he's saying. I can't follow this shir. I can't follow Rabbi Kiva. I don't understand what Rabbi Kiva is saying. And he was very crushed, he was very broken. He said, how, how can it be that, that I'm supposed to bring the Torah down? And Rabbi Kiva is saying, Gashir, 2,000 years from now, is saying something that I can't understand? How, how could that be? I, 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 I feel, I feel uh, you know, crushed by this, defeated. How can I be the one? I'm not the right one to bring the Torah down. So the Gemara says that Rabbi Shalom told Rabbi Kiva, you know, wait, just wait a minute, hang on a minute. And listen to the end of Shir. 
the Tommy the master of Akiva, where did you get that from? Rabbi Akiva said, Halacha l'mayshim Sinai. This is something that goes back to Har Sinai. To Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe received this at Har Sinai. Adkan de Briya So that mollified Moshe, that appeased Moshe, that Rabbi Akiva got this idea from Har Sinai. And, and the Gemara clearly kind of defies logic as, as uh, the question presents itself. If Moshe didn't understand it, how could Rabbi Akiva have gotten it from Moshe? And how could there be aspects in the Torah that Moshe himself doesn't understand that come from Halacha Moshe Misinai? Moshe didn't understand it. How could it be traced back to him? And what is this Gemara supposed to mean? How, how, how indeed can you have an aspect of Torah which seems to escape Moshe, which is contained within the Torah that Moshe himself brings down? So these are good questions over here, and I want to leave both these questions that we're asking side by side. And let's return to the first one. The first question we asked is, how can an entire book that's divrei Moshe, Eilad Dvar Masher Moshe, the Torah makes no, no secret about this. The Torah is not trying to hide this from us. These are the words that Moshe spoke. El Kol Yisrael, these are the words that Moshe spoke. These are the words that Moshe spoke. The entire Dvar is Moshe's verter, Moshe's words. has it become a chalik of Torah? There's an unbelievable idea that every single one of us has to know. Every Ben Torah has to know this idea. And an idea that is really the foundational idea for the entire Sefer Devarim, and really a foundational idea for Tairas Moshe, for, for who Moshe is and what Moshe was. <coughs> the Mesha Chachma, Rameir Simcha HaKoyen from Devinsk, says the following, also known as the Orsameach, says the following, says the following thought. Mesha Chachma says that Moshe indeed was able to say his own words and have his own words become part of the Torah. He was able to do that. Moshe was able to have it that his words become part of the Torah Mamish, become Chamisha Chamshe Torah. But how did he pull that off? So Mesha Chachma speaks at something else. He says, well, let's ask a different question. <laughs> says the Mesha Chachma, how could it be that Moshe was able to give over the Torah altogether? How could it be that Moshe has the ability to teach Hashem's Torah? How can Moshe, let's ask the question this way. As we said before, the Chamisha Chumshe Torah is the, 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 um, the, what's it called? Revealed wisdom and knowledge of God himself, of Hashem himself. And that's why it has the highest form of Kedusha. And we said it's unadulterated, unfiltered, untampered with. And there's nothing in it but the uninhibited, pure thoughts, words, and wisdom of God. How can a mortal being be the pipeline for that? How is it possible that a buster of a dumb, a mortal being, can say over Tarshabhsav, can say over Hashem's Torah? How does that work that it can come through Moshe's mouth? Something that is above and beyond our universe, above and beyond our plane of existence. How can it come down here through someone who's mortal, who's a mortal being? And Nesha Chachma says the following idea. Says the only way this was able to work, how can Moshe, and, 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 and the Mepharshim talk about a concept of HaKosh Baruch Hu that Hashem is really speaking through Moshe. Moshe really becomes a speaker system. Moshe becomes an amplifier. How does that work? Says the Nesha Chachma, because Moshe lost his Bechira. Moshe lost his free will. 
Moshe rescinded, submitted, and relinquished his free will. Moshe doesn't have any Bechira anymore. And the moment from which Moshe loses his Bechira, he now has the ability to be an amplifier, to be a speaker system. In other words, what is it that prevents a mortal being from being that conduit? being a, a speaker system, an amplifier for the Devereli Kim Chaim, for the word of God, the fact that we have what we call a zikh, I, I, have, I, I have too much of myself, I have myself, I, myself is in the way, I'm in the way, I have my own acme, it's my own personality, my own independent self, my own uniqueness, yes, it's true, the fact that we're all unique, that we have our own personality, our own way of thinking, our own way of talking, our own way of behaving and acting and conducting ourselves, that's what makes us us. That's what makes us unique. That's what makes us different than everyone else. But it's also a liability. It's a liability in that I can't be a speaker system for Hashem. I can't be a sand system for Hashem because it's too much me in the way. If Hashem tries speaking through me, it's going to come out all garbled and all staticky because there's too much me in the way. There's going to be feedback. Everybody have Feedback. If we try plugging ourselves into Hashem's sound system, this is so much gobbledygook and gunk and garbage going on you know in, in us that gets in the way it, it, it dis- disrupts the frequencies it disrupts the sound it's it can produce a lot of static you'll hear something but it'll be very garbled very staticky because it's too much us in the way we get in the way Maisha was able to be that sound system that speaker system because there was nothing in the way there was nothing in the way he lost his Bechira. Ultimately, even if I work on my Bechira, I become a very big tzaddik and I always do the right thing, but if I still have Bechira, the fact that I have Bechira means I have an ability to choose. The ability to choose is still linked to who I am. Because everyone chooses differently, everyone weighs situations differently, everyone thinks differently, and if I have the ability to choose, there's still me. I'm still around. Says the Meshachachma, Maisha, from the moment he was selected to receive the Torah and onward, he lost his Bechira. He has become a complete appendage of Hashem. He's still a Basar Vedam. He's still a mortal being. He's still down here. But he has lost his Bechir. And the Meshach Chachma ties this into other ideas as well. This is why we know that, that the, there's a difference between the prophecy of Moshe and everyone else's prophecy. Moshe received a level of prophecy high above prophecy than anyone else was able to attain ever, qualitatively higher. Moshe is able to to um, communicate with Hashem in a way that no one else can. And we have instructions that the, the prophecy of Moshe can never be challenged. The prophecy of Moshe, Moshe, we know, whatever he says it goes, whatever he delivers is God's word. Whatever he says over to, a, to us is accurate, cannot be misinterpreted. Moshe didn't misinterpret anything. Moshe's Instructions and Torah and Chachma that he gives over to us are absolute. What allowed Kleisel to have this this uh, this mandate and this expectation to trust Moshe unequivocally? Because Moshe lost his bechira by Moshe losing the bechira, and we know that Moshe lost his bechira. So by definition, Avada, we have um, trust in Moshe forever and eternally. Whatever Moshe says is 100% accurate, 100% bona fide, and 100% unchallengeable because Maisha doesn't have the ability anymore to twist it to his advantage, to twist it, 
to misinterpret it, to flip it around. Moshe can't do that. Moshe won't do that. He won't do that and he can't do that. And the fact that he lost his Bechiri, he lost his own Zich, we would say, his, his, his self, his self, his persona, that's what allows him to be a pipeline, a conduit for Torah in an unfiltered, untampered, unadulterated way. Because there's nothing of Moshe to get in the way. This is the aside of the Meshach Chachma. There's nothing that gets in the way. It's a pure pipeline of Torah. And by extension, this is what allows the Verter of Moshe, Divrei Moshe, to be Divrei Torah. The words of Moshe themselves, when Hashem finishes speaking, which is the end of Bamid, where Hashem is done, Hashem says, okay, Moshe, now the floor is yours. Now you have the floor. You have the microphone now. So Ela Devarim, the, the, the book of Devarim that Moshe speaks to Klai Yisrael, that Moshe speaks to Klai Yisrael, even though these are Moshe's words, but Moshe's words are also Tereshavich Sav. Moshe's words are also part of Torah itself. What Moshe chooses to say in the entire book of Deuteronomy is on the same level as the first four books because Moshe, what Moshe says is a direct revelation of Torah ideas and Torah thoughts in an unfiltered, untampered, uninhibited way. Unadulterated. There's nothing else that's there. If Moshe chooses to speak, this is by definition only Torah. If Moshe chooses to give us an address, this is by definition only Torah, a, a, a presentation of other aspects and facets of Hashem's Torah, because Moshe has nothing else to share. Moshe has nothing else to give over to us. There's no Moshe outside of Torah. There's nothing that's Moshe-dik. Yeshua has aspects of Yeshua that are Yeshua-dik, so he only is able to give us Nevi'im. Shmuel is Shmuel-dik, Yechezkel is Yechezkel-dik, Yeshai is Yeshai-dik, because they each have their own Zich, their own essence that's still there, that's interpreting things. Moshe doesn't have that, because he doesn't have Nevi'ra, <laughs> Our ability to choose is linked intrinsically to our ability to be ourselves, how we make decisions, how we process information. Moshe doesn't have that. Moshe doesn't have the ability to say anything but Torah. No, he had that all the way along. That's what allows him to be the tzina for Hashem's Torah. No, no, from from um, either from the the mice of the the sne or from Har Sinai, from the moment that he starts to be makab of the Torah. Hash is from the sne. By the sne is when he had this. Um, Moshe, Moshe, Hashem calls him Moshe, Moshe by the snez when he has this aliyah by the burning bush so the first four books are also um, nothing but Divrei Torah but that's Hashem speaking through Moshe and when Moshe chooses to speak it's also Divrei Torah because it can't be anything but Torah Moshe doesn't have the ability to say anything else okay, so that's an amazing insight that's what allows Devarim to be Divrei Torah even though it's the words of Moshe and now let's shift sideways to everyone else Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Tarfin, Rabbi Yechon, Rabbi Shlakish, Rabbi Rabbi Yehuda, Abaya, Rava, Rabbi Nervashi, Rabbi Shlomo Zaman, Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, the Chazanish, the Briska Rav. Up until the year 2023, Tavshin Pei What the Talmud Vasik is going to say in front of his, his Lefnei Rabbi, what what the Talmudim are going to say in front of the Rebbeim, that was all given to Moshe, all containing what Moshe said. So what's the primary difference between Torah's Moshe, the five books of Torah, which is pure, unadulterated, untampered with unfiltered Torah, and us, when we say Torah, Teretz is, when we say Torah, when we say Torah, you say a Vart Tir Chavrusa, you want to say a Chiddush Tir Chavrusa, you want to say a Pshat Natoisa Tir Chavrusa, what you're saying is, you know, is, is Torah nothing but Torah? You'd like your Chavrusa to believe that, right? 
like to convince our Torah, you, have, you don't know who I am. Everything that I say, I'm, I'm incapable of saying anything that's not Torah. So it's, it's you know, good luck with convincing your Chavrus of that. And that's definitely not the case, you know, to say that we are incapable of saying anything but Torah, that, you know, that's Lacharabba. But that, that, that and 25 cents is not going to get you anything. Um, that and, and 75 cents maybe get you a can of Dr. Pepper. But um, that is, that's, that's a joke. That's a joke. We, when we say Torah, it's gone through all of our filters. When we say, when we learn a Taisvis, when we learn a Rajba, we try to figure out a halacha, such as, is it okay to make a public siyam in Shua the week of Tisha B'av, on the night of Sunday night before Tisha B'av? So it's a Shailun halacha. You have to send, you have to dine, you have to go through the sogya, you have to look into it. When we look into the sogya, when we ex- examine and explore, we're doing it with our filters. Our filters are there. Our filters are there. And those filters color our learning. They get in the way. It's not pure, unadulterated Torah. They get in the way. They get in the way. We have Nagiyas, we have our biases. It's a liability. It's a liability that we have. That's true. But it's also an asset. The fact that we have our own persona, our own essence. When Ramosha Saravaisky says a vart, says a, 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 a says a, a vart, wants to get up and say it's Vartoira composed something, it's yes, it's coming through his filters and it's coming through it's coming Ramosha Saravaisky dick. So on the one hand, when we compare ourselves to Moshe, that's a tremendous liability because Moshe is incapable of saying anything but Torah. On the other hand, Rabbi Yisai, such an amazing idea for us to share going into the nine days, going into the three weeks, going into the conclusion of the three weeks, the, 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 as we build up to the end of the three weeks, but going into Bein Azmanim, it's also a tremendous asset, such an empowering idea is going on over here. The fact that our Torah is colored by our essence and our persona is actually what also gives us our own personal chalik and Torah. We know that every single yid has a personal portion in Torah. Every single yid has a personal connection to Torah. And that doesn't mean that there's like Mesechus I'm supposed to learn that you're not supposed to learn. And there's Svarim that you're supposed to learn that I'm not supposed to learn. Mishnai that you're supposed to see that I'm not supposed to see. That's not what it means. We're all supposed to see the same material. We all see the same material slightly differently. And we're supposed to see it slightly differently. And two chavrus are supposed to lock horns and fight it out, and hammer it out, and shout, and shout, and shout, and shout, and then go to the Rebbe, each Chavrusa, this is how I'm saying Pshat and Rashi, I think he's crazy, and the other one says, I, this guy's off the wall, this is how I'm saying Pshat and Rashi, they're supposed to go to the Rebbe, and the Rebbe's going to say, yeah, you're saying like the Ketois, and you're saying like the Nasivas. That's what's supposed to happen. That's what's supposed to happen. Why? Because Torah, in its ideal state, after it's given to Moshe, comes down to us for us to apply indeed our own essences and our own persona to it. We're supposed to put our own spin in there. And Torah is, needs to be thought of as a combined source of pure, let's say, white light, that when it gets scattered through a prism, there's a scattering effect and there's, 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 there is hundreds of thousands of, of, of frequencies within that, and each are a different slice, a different fragment, different aspect, but all coming from one unified source. There's so many different wavelengths contained in that light. That's what Torah really is. And Torah is scattered through 600,000 neshamas. It scatters onto hundreds of thousands of wavelengths. And those wavelengths are caused by 
hundreds of thousands of slightly different ways of looking at things, slightly different ways of looking at life, slightly different ways of thinking, which is all linked to our Bechira. We all make decisions differently, we all examine things differently, we all analyze differently, we all think differently. And yes, compared to Maisha, that's an, a liability because we can't give pure, unfiltered Torah, but compared to Maisha, it's an asset. That we can say a Chiddush, we can say a personal vote, we can say a personal insight, we can put our stamp on the Torah, which Maisha can't. Maisha gives one thing and one thing only over, and that is Torah's Hashem Tamimo. It becomes Torah's Maisha, yes, because Torah's Maisha is Torah's Hashem. There's no personal stamp because he doesn't have Bechira. He's giving over the truth and nothing but the truth, the pure truth, unfiltered truth. We can take that truth and we put our own spin on it. This is what Torah looks like when it, come, when it goes through your processing and what, when, when it goes through your a- analysis, when it goes through your system, when it goes through your way of looking at it. And each one of us is going to put a different spin and those are all now valid slices and interpretation, interpretations of Torah. L'chatchilo. Remeir is saying, Remeir dik, Rebuda is saying, Rebuda dik, Rebtarfin, Rebikiva, Abaya, Rava, and Dan to us nowadays, everyone sitting around the table. Rabbi Shervaisky, Dov Tervaisky, Menachem Reber, Nachem Simchastein, Rabbi Leib Aronson, Avram Zev, Abraham, Chaim Avner Reber. Each and every one of us puts our own knech, our own spin on the Torah. Now, to be able to do that, you really have to whittle the Torah down to your own persona and make sure there's nothing in the way that's not your personal way of looking at things. And this is what Bachar Mishiv have to work on. Sometimes Young Galat and Nikayla have to work on this, and sometimes Magid Ishir have to work on this. Sometimes we're tempted and tested, and, and we have trials and tribulations, and like, I, 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 I like my own pshat, right? Why? Because I think it really makes the most sense. No, because it's my pshat. It's my pshat. This is my pshat. This is my interpretation. And sometimes it's hard to let go, and sometimes I, like, I have to be the one that's right, so I'm not going to really be learning properly. I'm not going to really have thought things through properly. But that's not necessarily my bechira, my persona, my essence, giving its spin on Torah. No, no, that's just because I can't let go. We have to be very careful. There, there is too much in the way that is getting in the way of my personal spin, my essence. But when I can let go of that, when I really make my search a search for the truth, and I still think my chavrus is nuts. I still think it's crazy. He's crazy because I've gotten things down to my personal essence, my bechira, things that I can do that my shabena cannot do. And that's our greatest asset, Rabbi said. How empowering. We have a chelik. We have a chelik in Torah that is our Torah. This is our spin, our knech. And that's why Rabbi Kiva can say something and say, this came from Moshe, but Moshe can't understand it. Rabbi Kiva puts his own spin on something, his own wavelength, his own um, diffraction over there, on something ultimately that came from Moshe, but Moshe doesn't understand it because he's saying it, Rabbi Kiva dik. But what is he saying, Rabbi Kivadik? Something that came from Maishar Rabbeinu. And therein lies the resolution to the other, to the paradox over here. He's interpreting something that came from Maishar, but he has the ability, the right, and the kayach to make that Rabbi Kivadik, and that becomes his chelik and Torah. So this is the var, and Maishar is how Maishar works. This is why Sefer Devarim, the book of Deuteronomy, can he part of Torah, even though these are all Maishar's words. And this is why our words don't make it into the Chumash. Even if you try writing them in, you, you, you're moirid, you're, you're lowered from his Kedusha. And this is our greatest liability compared to Maisha, that we don't speak anything but Torah. We can't, we can't say that we speak on the Torah, but it's our greatest asset. We have the ability to make our personal imprint, our personal spin, our personal take. What, what a beautiful, empowering idea. We should be...